Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. And today's show is Randolph, the dog diplomat. We're going to be talking today with author J.F. Angler, and he has written another book in his Bull Moose Dog Run Mysteries. This one is a dog among, among diplomats. But before we talk with JF, and this is going to be a fun show, I'm really looking forward to a laid-back show, aren't you, Jeannie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a <laughs> nice day. Been, yeah, it's going to be it's fun. And for me, especially as an avid reader, and we, we're going to talk about a lot of little different things so that we can encourage people to get busy reading again. You know, I mean, that's just so important. And we'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition. This is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, um, that was another book that's going to encourage you to read, and it's a great way to get children involved. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our author today, and I'm taking this straight from the jacket of his new book, A Dog Among Diplomats. He is a writer of fiction. This is J.F. Englert, and nonfiction for both book and screen. He lives in Manhattan with his wife, I 
think this is so funny, Jeff. P. Englert, daughter C. Englert, and dog R. Englert. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's their names. <laughs> the dog part, and I think. I love that. <laughs> and his website is at, you can find, and he does so much avid writing here at www.adogabouttown, which was your first, I'm sorry, adogabouttown.com, which was your first uh, book in this series. And I am enjoying this because I was one of those children who, um, I got away from every from life by reading and I read all the Nancy Drew books and Sherlock Holmes books and Charles Dickens and everything else so this book was fun for me actually takes me back to that time when I had the luxury of reading uh, books like this that took you on a journey and so I appreciate that you wrote this uh, JF well you know thank thanks so much for having uh, me on the program um, and I, I really like that sentiment because I think all too often, we, we, we look at books as either genre-based or they have to be practical. I think before the show came on, you were mentioning the whole textbook issue. You're always mm-hmm. pouring, you and Jeannie are pouring over a lot of textbooks for your professions. And we get lost. Uh, and maybe this is particular. I don't know if it's particularly American because I do know that we've sold the books abroad and they have higher readership, I think, <laughs> to some extent, um, in novels. You know, but, but the thing is, the idea of reading for pleasure, for... And, it, and as you mentioned, too, uh, before the show, you know, pleasure isn't just without meaning or content. Mm, right. I mean, you can learn a lot through, through uh, a novel, uh, but its chief intent isn't practical, isn't just practical. You're supposed to sort of be whisked into this other world. Exactly. That's, and it's important for our imaginations because out of that is born some of the most beautiful art and you know, uh, as a dance, I was a former dancer, and so for me, you know, that that form of art, it all comes from mm-hmm. the imagination being sparked, and you can do that greatly through reading. And obviously, I mean, most of the novels that I have read, JF, <laughs> unless they're one of those racy novels I've read back in the day, they had some some definite research that went into uh, before they wrote the story. You know, and so you're going to learn something that might provoke you to go and research and learn about the very thing that you, you thought was maybe not, it was written in a novel, but it's based on some truth. Sure, and I, I think also the thing that gets overlooked, too, is we, we're getting overly, you know, increasingly specialized, too, and yeah. we neglect uh, to see, I'm a big advocate of the liberal arts education, and I, I think we, mm-hmm. re- we neglect to see how simply kind of, uh, just reading for pleasure, for example, and just reading, uh, and what you just mentioned about the imagination, can uh, fertilize other areas of our lives, like True. and yeah. other profession. You know, the solution to a problem in your profession might come from outside of that pro- uh, that profession. I so mm-hmm. agree with that. I'm glad Definitely. that you said that because you know I was telling Jeannie yesterday that I took a course in high school and it was called fantasy literature. Yeah, it's based on some of the most well-known classical literature like Orson Welles' 1984, which seems that we're living in those times now, um, and also uh, Animal Farm and books like that that are just classics, and yet they were novels based on, it was, they were like a metaphor for the human race. So it's, it's important for people to read those things and stretch your oh, imagination. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, with, you know... <laughs> um, it, it, does, it does definitely make you stretch. And, uh, I mean, I was thinking, you know, gosh, we, we get, 
Well, anyway, let's, let's move on with the conversation. I just lost my train of thought entirely. Live <laughs> radio. In the book, you do. In the book, Typical. you do refer. You refer to Dante a lot in the book, yeah, which I, I sure thought do. was really yeah. interesting. And um, obviously, uh, and of course, we want to let the audience know that this book is written in first dog. One of my favorite things because. I, oh, by the way, that's the first time I've heard it referred to that way. And oh, I really? Love, <laughs> yes. Yes, instead of first person, of course, first dog. I yeah, never first dog. Yeah, in written the way in first dog. Well, I, you know, I, my dog has. And that's okay. Me. I'm going to steal that. Good. Oh, first dog. I Can love I use that as an Absolutely. Okay. You're, you're writing in first dog. I blog in first dog, so it really resonates with me. But the first book was a dog about town, and it's all about this. Um, the main character, the main human character, is Harry, and the main character is Randolph, a black Labrador retriever, and he he uh, actually is the person who solves, or he's the dog or the canine who really is the instrument be- behind um, Harry's um, finding the answers to the mystery of the who done it. <laughs> well, he's the, he really is the brains behind the operation. He is the brains. And yeah. and I would love it if I could read the back cover of the second book because and it's really it's really great if if I have your permission uh, JF Absolutely, please go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, he reads Proust. He surfs the net and is the soul of diplomacy. And when it comes to solving crime, Randolph is the dog for the job. <laughs> Murder has come to Manhattan's East Village, and when detectives call Harry to the scene, his Labrador Randolph instantly smells a rat. Why? Because Harry's missing almost fiance, and Randolph's beloved mistress has been implicated in the murder, which has ties to the UN. Hmm, not surprised. <laughs> and while Harry looks into the spirit world for answers, Randolph goes into the detective mode using his superior lab brain to surf the net, track down clues, and even land a job as a therapy dog to a depressed diplomat. And suddenly, the brainy, book-loving lab has done the impossible. He's penetrated the shadowy corridors of the UN, which boasts the most vicious, backbiting dog run in the city, in search of a killer. And now it will take all of Randolph's cunning to protect Harry. Clear Imogen. Is that, did I say that right? Is it uh, I believe it's Imogen. That's Imogen's how I pronounce it. name, but. okay. And solve the it's crime and stay alive long enough to enjoy his upcoming birthday. Yeah. And, and to top it all off, even even um, um, Randolph has even got a little health issue to deal with, which was interesting, right. too. <laughs> well, actually, I'm probably going to have to turn... I should... <laughs> I hope you're not going to skewer me for any anything I've done wrong. Uh, in the- uh, no, 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 no. We didn't. No, actually, <laughs> okay, I really, it, I just enjoyed the book for what it is. You right. know, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was, um, it the, your books, JF, take me back. Like I said, to the kind of books I so enjoyed as a child without worrying about getting this next test done and this homework assignment done <laughs> and something I've got to learn, you know, that's going to help um, with animal health or in my profession. And it, it was fun. And yet, you do touch on, on the animal health in there, which was interesting. And I think uh, I really thought that you did a phenomenal job in this book. And I, and I honestly think that the older kids can read this book. Um, you don't throw potty words all over the place liberally like a lot of writers do. So um, I could encourage children to read your book as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think we, we might have talked about this the last time, but it's, it's interesting about those words. Um, I just never found a neat, they never came naturally to that. It's not that I would shy away from them in other books, but honestly, I, they never came naturally to that book. Randolph certainly doesn't think that way. 
And I don't think dogs you know, would. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they would either. You know, yeah. I don't think it would make. I don't think it would really make particular sense to them. To, uh, to you know, it just wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. They don't uh, have that kind of malice of forethought that we do when we sling words around, and you know, words are very powerful. And to me, it spoke volumes that you did not use those kind of words in your uh, book. As a matter of fact, refreshing. Well, it was refreshing, and it's also, for me, JF, um, I always wonder how little command people have of the English language mm-hmm. in a lot of screenplays nowadays. Um, so I wonder, what are the writers thinking here? I mean, exactly. really. Yeah, I know, it has its place, uh, or words like that, but I think that the, their greatest impact is when they're used really sparingly and with yeah, control. Yeah, probably much um, more sparingly. You know, and and that's and I, I think for Randall though, because he's a lover, as you said, is for Proust, and then of course Dante is important to him. So language, the music of language, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that too. The music of language or, or is is something that gives. You were talking about the brain, you know, the giving the mind a rest in a way. I want the books to to be able to give the brain a rest, but also to stimulate it in another way. In a new way. Interesting. Um, So, so so for example, I don't want people necessarily scratching their head and trying to, or pull their hair out about the mystery element or something (laughs) highly technical. Right. Um, So that's why Randolph isn't going to linger on any particular thing that long. Yeah, and I thought the whole motorcycle thing in the book. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Where he's driving around town on the Vespa. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm still waiting for a product uh, placement endorsement from Vespa, you know. I don't there know you go. Gonna, um, <laughs> you probably don't want to encourage dogs on the back of their bikes, though. So. Right. And also less gas uh, usage, you know. Come on, people. Yeah, I mean, he's, environment, he's ahead of the curve. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's a green dog. But uh, no, this one was funny. I'm, it's interesting, Kim. I know that you've you've read both both and and uh, at this point, and um, and I know Jeannie, you're going to read both. So oh yeah, <laughs> and it sounded. But I'm. It's, what did you think in terms of the tone? Was it different? I mean, I, I shouldn't be asking the questions. I'm curious. You actually uh, should be asking yeah. the question because mm-hmm. I mean, I was a reader, and I yeah, I the the tone was different. It was actually for me in this one, it was much more focused from Randolph. Uh, Randolph's whole life situation. It was really, I, I honestly thought that this one was more um, from a dog's perspective. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. That's, that's good yeah. because I, I'm hoping to go a little more in that direction as well. In these. It oh, just that's good. Well, me, I have to ask you, yeah. why, why did you even start a series in, on books, uh, novels, no less, from First Dog? I mean, I found that fascinating. Well, the first dog was really Randolph's idea, and I mean, I don't mean it in any kind of strange mystical way. <laughs> I, other than the subconscious, I think I think good good writing usually comes. The best writing I do, and I, I think is true of other writers, usually comes unbidden into the conscious mind. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 an uh, it's a I process agree. of the unconscious. It, because mm-hmm. in other words, like I'm not smart enough, really, on the surface, to figure out connections like that would make for a good story. I really, I really think that. So somewhere in my unconscious, maybe things are gluing together. Now, Randolph seemed to just jump into consciousness by, by himself. I mean, what that's why I didn't have a choice though. about hmm. First Dog. He, hope. I really heard his voice. And not, wow. not literally, you know, in my... <laughs> right. No. Well, I know what you're saying, hospital. though, right. I mean, People, yeah, I, when I, I Because it. I blog in First yeah. Dog, I totally get that. <laughs> right, of course. Of course you would, right? And so you get... But it just was very clear that he had a story to tell. He had a distinct voice and in a way almost like feline. I was a little worried because he's a little bit like Felix Unger in The Mm. Odd Couple. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Felix, there's no surprise his name is Felix. It's very close to feline. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, it, there's a cat-like re- reserve and critical quality to Randolph. Right. But at the same time, I think he embraces his dogginess. So he's not, mm-hmm. I think, you know, with the side in the first book, he was rolling around and he talked about the urges of you can't resist as a dog because the nature of smells are such. Yes. So right. powerful. Yeah. And in fact, I was just watching a show on a bloodhound tracker dog. Uh, which is extraordinary uh, what that nose can do. And that was yeah, part of, of what... Yeah, of the saliva involved with that. <laughs> and <laughs> There's the saliva, a reason for that, yeah. Right, and, it is an ex- and you know, we, we as humans, we look at things obviously through our own lens. Mm-hmm. But if you can step aside, and part of, I think, Randolph's mission in the world, at least from my perspective, and at least what he's taught me, <laughs> uh, is well, how different would it be if you were mainly based around a whole different set of instincts and abilities. Uh, you know, like the dogs are like the, the X-Men and mutants among us, you know what I mean? They, they, have, they have these incredible abilities, this nose. And so mm-hmm. with Randolph, that nose is what defines, kind of defines his universe. So you, when you're reading it, I, in my opinion, he's kind of communicating, he's trying to express what he can do with his nose, but he can't really, to us mere humans, you know? Right. We don't have that schnoz. Right. I, I'll tell you what, what that says to me, what you're telling me, because we have a three-pronged approach here on our show. Of course, we talk about natural animal health and animal health in general, but we t- also talk about the human-animal bond and animal nature. Mm. What you're telling me is about animal nature, and mm-hmm. that is very important because what you're doing, and it's what I wish every pet owner would do, is to look at through the eyes of their animal. Exactly. So in order to better understand them, to better, I mean, because if you have a better understanding with them and a better ability to, you know, see things from their perspective, you'll have a much better relationship with your animal because you'll know some of the things they're doing. I've heard people say they were a bad dog or they were, you know, they did this or that and I, or they wanted to take off or they want to do something. And I said, mm, they're just being a dog. Right. Well, you know, that's exactly. Just being a dog is so, it's, it's so important. And I, and I think what's funny is that I obviously don't... The nose was, from a literary point of view, it's probably the thing that stands out the most. It's the one that you can build on and make people understand. Yeah. But there must be dozens, I mean hundreds, uh, thousands of different, not senses, but just ways of perception. Actually, that, you convey it, some of that, though. I was just going to say that. You conveyed it in you know, talking about the use of his tail or the position well, of exactly, his tail. Well, yeah. exactly. I did try to touch upon some of those things. And, and yeah. where, yeah, well, once he, once you begin to wear, and then you start thinking, well, my gosh. And I mean, yeah, you have to, something is being a dog. Mm-hmm. Well, that, it, <laughs> it's like impulse control on a major level. I I have to say, too, in Manhattan, you guys have to really be focused on your dog because you're going to go, it's not like you're going to turn him out in a backyard to go play like we do in, you know, here in the Southwest or somewhere. You're going to take him out for a walk and they're going to be, they need to be socialized in order to go to the dog runs and so forth and be among other dogs. And yet you do talk about in the book some of the dogs that have not been properly mm-hmm. uh, socialized and so forth. So you touch on a lot of issues, whether you realize it or not, J.F., in your yeah. book. <laughs> well, you do, and funny. I was quite you know, impressed with that. Uh, well, thank, you know, thanks, a lot because, thanks a lot for saying that, because it's funny. Every day, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about dogs, right? I mean, I don't mm. think that's a surprise. But that I, I, in part, because our angler has to go for walks right. you know, twice a day. and. And then you just there are so many dogs in New York, and your word socialized is a, is a good one. And all, but also what's interesting is you see where owners drop the ball with their dogs, yep. uh, a lot, and not a literal ball, but you know where they they they're 
I saw two examples just in the last two days. One was just a great striking image of a lady with a dachshund, mm-hmm. and the dachshund was not going to go the way the lady wanted. So mm-hmm. she was pulling on the dachshund for a little while, and the dachshund just put both, you know, planted all four <laughs> legs, right? Now, I don't know what, what the appropriate response is, but I'll tell you what she did. She said, okay, we'll go the way you want to go. And they went, so she went, let the dog think that he was um, in, in charge. charge. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, so I, that's probably not a good, my guess is that's not a good idea. But, it's not. <laughs> but then a second thing was, and this happens, you talk about socialize. This happens all the time in New York. You see a dog, this is two nights ago, I was out walking our angler, who's very well behaved, by the way, and, and uh, but, you know. I would assume that he would be just because um, of how you write. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. But uh, that could be good or bad. But, but anyway, it's not true draconian, but she's a good dog. Anyway, and, uh, and I saw this lady and letting her dog bark, yap, and then jump all over this other dog. And the owner, nice. I think. And, and then kind of congratulating the dog or just sort of saying, oh, well, that's not, you know. And I, <laughs> so that's what you have to deal with all the time. Yeah, I was thinking um, that's a dog fight waiting to happen or a dog right. waiting to happen, and especially if they haven't been properly introduced in um, a proper doggy way. You know, if you have a small dog doing that to a large dog, they may react in um, a large dog response, which is, you know, I don't hold the dog's responsible, I hold the owner's. Mm-hmm. In those cases, and yet, like you're saying, that happens all the time because people just think, "Oh, they're so cute, I want a dog," but right. never understanding the nature, they can pick up your novel and learn a whole lot about dog nature. <laughs> That's true, Kim. No, I That's, think you. Yeah. I think you'd both. You both, if you came to the city, you'd have your work cut out for you. Because it's happening. You're talking about socialization. It's happening at this. It really is happening in a New York minute. You know, right? Because if, if, if I was to walk right now, if I was to take go walk out of my apartment with our angler into the park we would encounter probably in the next 15 minutes about well 15 20 different dogs yikes yeah, wow. yeah. that's and a that, lot of dogs that's a lot of dogs so it's yeah. like so one of the things that i think happened with randolph is is that i realized that if you were of this temperament that randolph is he's reflective a little bit of contemplative he doesn't completely abide by dog mannerisms or manners you know completely mm-hmm. he feels a little uncomfortable in his own skin he would. It would be he absolute is. torture, you know. It'd well, because he can't express. He can't express this brilliant mind, and, and he talks about not being right. able to have human expressions in his face. Right. But he wanted to be able to smile or grimace or whatever. So, and and I would like to share this uh, one thing that I found hysterically funny. And our audience knows I'm a little bit. Um, I find things funny that other people don't, and vice versa. But this part of the book where Harry is now on this new adventure, and he's into the paranormal, and he's taking um, Randolph, the dog, with him, and they're going to go meet this um, quite... A different kind of uh, professor. He he looks like a normal professor, Doctor Huggins, and they're coming okay. out front of his. Yeah, they're coming out front of his building, and and people can see this. Uh, read this on page twenty seven, twenty eight of your book, A Dog Among, Among Diplomats. And as he comes out, he's Doctor Huggins is smoking a pipe, which this had me hysterical laughing, filled with ginseng, which was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's Do you have any people like this out in the southwest? 
Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way too many, trust me. And uh, they Even more he was in California. Wearing, oh, yeah. yeah, in California, New Mexico, definitely there's these. And um, wore, he's, he's, uh, he wears a, a stained latex glove sagging at the wrist, which tells me they're way overused. Um, and right. he's got these long sideburns and a <clears throat> clay talisman hanging over his pressed Oxford, which just had me rolling by this time. And so here's the little short conversation. <laughs> Harry, Dr. Huggins says, welcome, my peer and fellow journeyman. And Hello, Dr. Huggins, Harry said, is it all right if my dog comes in? Is he not a creature of the universe, Dr. Huggins asked. Oh, Lord, he thought the creature of the universe. And that was just so thinking funny to me. I could just hear the dog going, oh, Lordy. <laughs> the only one with any common sense. Right. Yeah, oh, that was so uh, funny. And this is yeah. how this book goes, from serious to, you know, funny like this and and. I would like for people to uh, hear your story about why you chose to have this dog among UN diplomats. Of all things, I thought, wow, that's interesting. You chose a real political thing to say, especially in these uh, heated political season that we're in right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the, the, the seed of the idea came from when I, I went to Columbia Journalism School. And I, so I, I guess I'm trained as a journalist. Uh, when I was there, I got a press pass to the United Nations. Mm. So I had kind of unfettered access for two weeks. I could roam the halls of the building and ride the elevators and do, you know, talk to people, walk <laughs> into people's offices and just talk to them. And um, the, the, prof, the picture of the, of the organization that I emerged with personally was one of like extreme dysfunction. I just thought <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I, I think it's great that, it, you know, it's one of those things that you think, at least in my opinion, you know, it's great that it's there because mm-hmm. I'm not so sure what, I mean, it's better to have people at least talking to one another. Right. <laughs> and, and that's part of the purpose of the book, you know, than not talking to each other. At least there's yes. some right. institution of some kind of dubious efficacy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and there. I love that um, Randolph right. does solve a major political yeah, situation. Yeah, he does pretty easily, too. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I was very tickled by that. So. Yeah, and of course um, he had to, you know, because, I mean, you know, that's, that's I mean, it'd be, and if more dogs like him at the U.N., we'd be in good shape, probably. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Well, we have a couple of people on the line that must want to ask you a question or two, and we have oh, wow, a few great. minutes left, and what, what we'll do is if we go over, no worries, um, we'll just go over. So I'm going to go ahead and see if Morgie wants to ask you a question. Morgie, you're on the air with Animal Talk Naturally. Do you have a question for JF? I guess not. Maybe they hung up and oh, got, got nervous. Yeah, they hung up and got nervous. At any rate, I know they're like, oh, no. <laughs> well, people do that sometimes, um, and they're in, their list. they're in our chat room also listening to the show as well, so they're okay. here listening. And this is is good. I hope that people will get the first book, which is a dog among, among. I'm sorry, a dog about town. And you can listen to the first show we did with you, JF, on the Dog View um, at thedogview.com or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we'll also have it linked with our uh, with this show on our main site, AnimalTalkNaturally.com. And and then go get this book. And you know, Jeannie read the second book, and she still had no problem picking up the thread of what's going on. And I think you have another book coming behind this one. It's driving well, me crazy. We've got a whole series going here. Yeah, well, we did. We just, we just, there are a few good pieces of news. Uh, so if, if I can just throw those out there. Absolutely. The first is we just, we just um, made a deal for the third book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yay! Is, uh, yeah, and that's good. And that, so it's sort of like, you know, Houston, we have a series. <laughs> uh, because the three books is, you know, that's, that's important. And so, so it's called The Dog at Sea. And in, oh, in, that's in a dog right at, there. Uh, oh, that's right. I yeah, Randolph now. goes heads off to, on a, on a cruise for dog lovers. Oh. And um, one of the one of the 
you know, so there, there are going to be a series of mysteries on that are going to happen on board ship. Uh, mainly, Randolph is, you know, he's going to obviously endure his usual qu- uh, quotient of a. Uh, of hum- humiliation and uh, discomfort, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, fun. Um, What's well, fun for the reader, it's usually not fun for Randolph. Uh, <laughs> but there'll be, uh, but there'll be a few characters will be, you know, there'll be one of which, uh, one of whom is uh, called the Dog Mutterer, and he's uh, oh, that's too funny. He's mutterer. someone who uh, communicates with animals with a Tourette syndrome type of. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Which, which, again, like, like the UN is of dubious efficacy. You know, it's not clear. Right. If, if, and right, Randall will comment, comment amply on whether that's working. Oh, um, that'll be fun. And, and then, so that, that's one bit of news. Uh, the other bit is the website's being redesigned. That's at dogaboutown.com. Oh. I think he's, you've linked to that in the past. And we're, yes. we're considering bringing a dog walker, a New York dog walker, on as a regular guest blogger. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, to, that is great. Because yeah. we've gotten, I've gotten some pretty amazing stories from uh, these, oh, uh, the dog walkers, and so we, we need to find just the right kind. It would be sort of the nanny diaries of dog walking in New York. Oh, come <laughs> but, That's uh, great. But, be, you know, and so Randolph would share a little bit of the space and the limelight with, uh, with this dog walker. But, because it's, it's, some of the stories I've heard are just absolutely amazing. Uh, oh, I bet. I bet. Know. I mean, and you have some Henry great Henry Kissinger's things. dog. Uh, right. Uh, it did. <laughs> Oh, like a little, wow. I don't know. They, you know, you know, Henry, the Secretary of State's dog taking a. Take, it just sounds like it's dog out of diplomats, actually. Mm. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I'm yeah, excited for what you have going on with this, and it sounds like something that I think. I honestly think that parents are going to want to get their children reengaged in reading this um, series. And partly Definitely. because they're going to learn about the, their responsibility as dog owners and dog nature and dog health and enjoy the pleasure of reading again. Okay, mm-hmm. well, Game Boys, forget I mean, about Game Boys, let's read. <laughs> well, exactly. That's my, absolutely, let's read. And, you know, when it went to close, I know I think we're wrapping up, but, you know, uh, someone had said to me, I, I like that sentiment that there could be a way of bridging this gap to dogs. You know, this, these books can help do that. A little bit. Someone said, yes. you know, I'd like to, they, they, they said to me, well, I gave them the books, and they said, well, I'm, I really think it's important to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, right. it's really true. You frequently see that, you know, dogs being chained up outside of supermarkets, and what, <laughs> you just, you know, they can't speak for themselves. They can't express. And so Randolph is, is sort of constantly aware of He's this. He's a fact. dog ambassador, yeah. and, and I think dog I, I, I applaud you for what you're yeah. doing, no, uh, JF, and we up. appreciate that you took time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today. And in party, oh, I'm going to put you. you on. I'm going to. I hope everyone will go to a dogabouttown.com, pick up a copy of this book. You can also find them on Amazon.com. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, um, JF. Uh, and also this new one, a dog among diplomats. JF, we're going to put you on the spot. And in closing, what words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience? In closing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna, we put you everyone on the spot. A few, but how about a few? You, more? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whoa, geez, I could I could probably run afoul of your Spencer, uh, sponsor. But I, I would probably say if there was any words of wisdom, probably don't trust your dogs. But I hope not. no, I'm kidding. But uh, but uh, yeah, I, gosh, that's that's on the spot. Uh-oh. Uh, you know you what I you know what I, what I've heard from you is that eat your vegetables, read, eat your vegetables, and read, read, read. Absolutely. Thank you for being with us, Jeff, and we so wish much. you much success in all of your endeavors, and look forward to the next. 
next in the dog bull what is it the bull moose dog run mystery series yay yeah. go out and grab some books and read um, okay. in, the, <laughs> in the spirit of love and truth we hope you all have a tail wagging hoof stomping wing flapping perfectly animal talking day pets and nature come together every week on pet talk naturally with your hosts dr kim bloomer and dr Jeannie thomason Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. <laughs> 